Good morning ladies and gentlemen and a happy new year, happy 2022. Yet another year in the progress of humanity. And let's take it further now. We're talking about planets. We finished Sattva, Rajas and Tamas in the last three podcasts. Now I'm going to blend it with what more is considered in the Western astrology, not so much in Vedic. And you've got to understand a little bit of background of this the way I understand it. The Vedic astrology does not consider the outer planets, Neptune, Uranus and Pluto, simply because at that time when these Vedic sciences were propounded and expounded to the world, it was more of a small society. It was more of small tribes and small um, kingdoms living in isolation. There was no such concept as a one world or world was not such a small place. Cultures did not even know the existence of one another at that time. So all that was needed for the times that it was given is only the personal planets. Because the personal planets, right, and extending up to transpersonal planets, like up to Saturn, was considered the last in astrological terms. There's nothing beyond Saturn. <clears throat> nothing needed beyond Saturn. So Saturn was considered as the last karmic point of resolution because everything at that time was based upon karma. As in a lessons to be learned in lifetimes after lifetimes and resolve it in the next one. So it was a fixed path to be followed going from one lifetime to the next. That was the only extent of learning which was given by the ancients. There was nothing more to it. There was no concept of the collective. There was no concept of the world as such as we know today. And therefore it was not necessary. It was not necessary to be propounded in that manner. Now here we are in 2022 and through many many years now the western astrology has considered the aspect of Uranus, Neptune and Pluto and I have found a great deal of truth in that in which can be useful for us to consider as astrologers and as people who are interested in esoteric and evolutionary astrology which is what this podcast is all about. Is the evolution and going further beyond karma. We are trying to go beyond karma here. So we are first trying to understand the sciences and then go beyond it. We have not started the beyond process yet. We are still trying to get to the root of what it is that we are trying to understand about the planets, about the aspects and so many different um, details about the astrological science itself. Later we will do the evolutionary bit. But for now let's stick to outer planets and how they can be used and what their energies are in regard to Vedic astrology. Now remember I am trying to get to the point where this three outer planets, Neptune, Uranus and Pluto can be used within Vedic astrology itself. Because Vedic astrology, remember, it's a side real-time plot and it can be used pretty effectively. But you ought to understand the planetary energies first. So in this one, we are going to discuss about the planetary 
energies of each one and how they kind of relate energetically to the already established planets which we spoke of Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Okay, so let's begin. Let's first begin with Uranus, the higher mind. I call it the higher mind. Uranus, what are the energies of Uranus? First of all, the lower aspect or the lower dimension of Uranus would be Mercury and Rahu, the north node of the moon. Lower aspect. Think about this. It's like the Mercury's high and Rahu's higher aspect is Uranus. The higher mind. Okay, so the higher aspect of Mercury becomes Uranus. The intellect, when it graduates, it becomes the higher mind. So what are the energies of Uranus? Uranus is about instigation. It's about individuation. Instigation and individuation. It stirs up the pot. Okay, Uranus is basically the guy who stirs up the pot. So Uranus wants social change and causes. It works for social change and causes. That's why in Vedic astrology, um, although the ruler of Aquarius, who's all about social world and social life, the other, the community at large, in Vedic sciences, Aquarius, lord of the first house, or is ruled by Saturn and Rahu combined. They had to combine Saturn and Rahu to get the energy of an Aquarius. Well, Western astrology has put in Uranus there, which is really very effective. It's very true. I agree with that completely. So I would put Saturn, Rahu and Uranus as the co-ruler of Aquarius ascendants. Never mind. Getting back to Uranus. So what else is Uranus about? It's about ingenuity and innovation. Uranus, wherever it rules, it can create innovation and ingenuity in that house, in the chart. It's the uniqueness that the person or the soul brings to the particular chart. Remember, we are trying to get progressive here. Okay, so, individuation. It's about ingenuity and innovation. The uniqueness that the soul brings from the higher mind is felt in the chart, in the particular house where Uranus is residing. There will be felt innovation for that person. The drive for the person to go in for innovating that aspect will be felt by Uranus in the chart and in that house. It's about rebellion and reformation. Uranus is about rebellion. It does not want to accept the norms. It's about reformation. What does it want to do within if it doesn't want to accept? Well, it wants to reform it. It wants to take it to another level altogether. It's about individuation. It's a humanitarian aspect. You'd consider about the larger community. It's not about I, me, myself anymore. Uranus is about community. That's the higher mind. That's how we transcend the ego. We go to the higher aspects of it. We talk about the others, not the self. It's a maverick planet. That means it does things in a very unconventional manner. Uranus is all about unconventional stuff. It is adventurous, it is sociable, and it is outgoing. Why? Because it's all about the aspects of the 11th house. 11th house is about community at large, the greater social media, the social networks, the community outside of my door. It's not what's within the door anymore. Now we are talking, when we talk of outer planets, all three of them, we are talking about the stretch of ego beyond the boundaries of the self. 
So wherever Uranus, Neptune and Pluto are placed in a chart, they will drive the person towards those aspects as planets mature. We talked about maturity in the, of the planets in my YouTube channel. You can go have a look at age and maturity series. So as the planets mature, as a person matures, this will go more and more towards the outer side. You're breaking the boundaries of personalized ego and your ego structures to something which is bigger than yourself. That's the higher mind to begin with. Okay. So now we take the next one. Neptune. Neptune stands for the higher heart. We talked about the mind. We talk about the heart. These are the two main um, operating modes that we humans have. We have the mind and we have the heart. We have the brain and we have the heart. We can call Uranus even the higher intellect. Neptune is the higher heart. Okay. The lower aspect of Neptune would be Venus and Ketu. Ketu, why? Ketu, the south node of the moon. Venus gives the sense of beauty to us. Venus is the one who senses beauty. It's the sensing point of beauty in our lives, in our individual personality, in our psyche. So Ketu, or the south node of the moon, remember, is the dissolving aspect. You can look up the tamasic planets where we discuss more of Ketu. It's the dissolving aspect. So Neptune, wherever it, wherever it sits in the chart, it tends to dissolve. It has got a dissolving energy about it. It creates dreaminess. It creates detachment from material aspects. Let's see the aspects of Neptune first. Then it will become clear as we go along. Neptune is about inspiration and compassion. The higher heart is about inspiration. A person, wherever Neptune in the chart is driven to inspire in that area. Okay. So what are the other aspects of Neptune? It gives intuition. It gives psychic receptivity to a person. It's about intuition, people. Intuition is where your higher heart comes from. All intuition comes from the heart and the brain translates it. This is the mechanism of intuition. Brain can translate only into linear aspects. The intellect only knows linear aspects. The higher heart, Neptune, knows what is psychic receptivity. It's about glamour. It's about enchantment. What about those aspects where we look towards glamour as human beings? The glamorous one, the enchanted. Where are you enchanted? All creative art forms which have happened in the world and continue to and will continue to are all about Neptune's receptivity towards them. Okay? So, detachment and break from the regular materialistic world. What is detachment? The essence of detachment is getting out of, getting out of our own individual sense of materialism. What I want from this world, that's what we are getting out of, typically. Okay, material realms, getting out of the material into the more etheric, into the more spiritual world. That's the higher heart. The higher heart is about others and a detachment from what I gain and lose from it. The concept of gain and loss is very, very 3D. It's not very 5D. It's not a graduation into higher realms. So Neptune helps us break from that particular aspect of us. Material gains, it's 
break from material gains it's break from structure because structure who wants structure somebody who wants to see it in linear terms somebody who wants material gains wants structure building brick and concrete metal all of these things are about structure so neptune wants to break away from that it's about neptune is about culture beauty and benevolence brings us benevolence this is the higher heart aspect of neptune the last one of the outer planets pluto is what i would call the higher self now the higher self you have to understand has nothing to do with the lower one well jumping ahead of ourselves lower aspect of pluto is mars and ketu the mars the soldier mars the guy who takes action and get things done get shit done energy mars and ketu the south node of the moon now which which plan which sign if you remember has this both the energies of mars and ketu it's the scorpio energy the south node and mars rules scorpio so the lower aspect is that so mars wants to get things done pluto well the higher self wants to get things done on an individual and the collective level is the slowest moving planet in the system so it takes its own time gives a lot of time for a person to make changes a lot of time for the collective humanity to make changes pluto is about renewal and revival it's about permanent transformation letting go the death of the ego is what pluto stands for ego individually ego collectively individually where it figures in the chart that will be the plutonic generation it creates upheaval and unearthing pluto wants to dig deep going deep into aspects of psyche of self where the um, negative or the shadow aspects of the self are buried pluto will go dig it up bring it to the forefront to be seen and observed and gotten rid of the only way we can get rid of shadow within ourselves and the collective is first to see it that's the toughest part of the shadow pluto is about subconscious collective unconscious it's about regeneration and rebirth through death it's about dissolution of the ego and the collective ego personal ego and the collective ego when this transforms essentially we transform as a collective and also as an individual in our lives so pluto is all about creating transformation and more transformation it is not interested in keeping things stable so as pluto is in the chart in a snapshot of your birth chart which is basically a snapshot of the zodiac and as it moves transition from one house to another it will create transformations in that area of life now i have seen this very powerfully in different charts this is really true it this is the way it works so we will discuss more about outer planets also as blended into vedic astrology in the podcast to come because this needs to be this is a story that needs to be told it really is it's a very neglected uh, aspect and typically astrologers in india do not tend to consider this they are too traditionally stuck as the last point in astrology being saturn and nothing beyond that no there is a lot beyond that saturn only works up till personal karma we are talking about the collective unconscious the collective transformation that's what evolutionary astrology is really about 
so we will take more of this into account as we go along okay so that's it for me today folks i'll catch you up more on tomorrow's podcast and what else can we add we'll take different aspects probably i will do a one on the myths and the aspects of combustion of planets we'll see in the meanwhile take care have a nice new year make some good resolutions please take care of yourself your family your friends your health celebrate life that's what it's about dear man friends celebrate life and follow me on my youtube channel for more presentations if you want to understand in a presentation format okay take care have a nice day